This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you on Reception Perception, the show. Oh my gosh, if you love college ball, if you love prospects, you're gonna love today's episode. Matt Harmon, how are you doing today, pal? I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, we just posted a bunch of rookie content on ReceptionPerception.com. The route charts are out. The the separation data is out. Uh, That's what, you know, this is really the time of year people love to dig into RP is is the prospect time. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this class, we can talk talk about this class as a whole overall. Uh, We're kind of before diving into, like, these specific guys. But I know there's been a lot of talk about it being a down receiver class. Um, Sure. There's just... I think to put it like I talked about this on the last episode, I'm working on this and hopefully I'm going to have it out um, very shortly, but I'm working on like a rankings of the, what I thought about prospects from 21, 22 and this 23 class all combined right now. I have one guy. I have no, no guys from this class in my top five. I have one guy in the top 10 right now. I don't really see any of that changing, but I think there's a lot of guys that are going to sort of file in between that. 10 to 20 ish range here a few of them we'll talk about on today's show so i think that shows you that we don't have the same top end talent that we had um in 21 and 22 what you know jamar right. chase and chris olave and garrett wilson and drake london Devonte smith i mean um that's kind of like we don't have that type of talent maybe in this class we have one guy who might get into that group but the rest right. of them i think are more like really good prospects that are kind of like back half first round early second round potential number twos um in the nfl i think that's a lot of what this class is i mean in, in previous seasons man we're talking about a couple of potential hall of famers you know and yeah like, i know yeah. I, I don't necessarily know if we got any hall of famers uh in this draft class right so um <clears throat> anyways that's what I, that's what i said about um jamar chase from the word goes like this guy is a you legitimate did potential hall of famer like did not play one snap in the nfl i'm like yo look at this guy this guy could potentially be in the hall of fame that's how good jamar chase is and i get it man like there's no jamar chase there's no one even in this guy's stratosphere uh in this year's class that's fine um but it's a it's it is a good solid group of receivers there's it's a group that's there's just so many of these like undersized tacticians you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. there's not too many of these like Big boy downfield dudes. Uh, Quentin Johnston is that one guy. Uh, But I think I look at like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, uh, Zay Flowers. Uh, These are more inside type players that have some outside ability as well. And they will certainly have a place uh, in the NFL. But those are the big four. Uh, that I think most people would say are the big four in in this year's draft class. Uh, And then we're also going to touch on Jalen Hyatt at at a Tennessee, um, who Matt has charted as well. Okay, so you say, Matt, you're doing kind of this preliminary, you know, rankings of like, you know, of the past, you know, previous three draft classes. You got one guy in this draft class that might potentially crack that top 10. Who is that player in this draft class? Yeah, uh, that's Jackson Smith and Jigba for me. I feel, I feel really confident that he's the top receiver and that he is uh, uh, alone in that top uh, tier in this draft class to me. Um, you know, uh, I know that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, uh, they've both told me this. They have told other people this, that they think he is the best of that trio. I'm not 100% sure that I agree with that, but I think he's a really, really <laughs> – <laughs> I think they're trying to hype up their guy, which shout out. Um, that's good. Yeah. Those guys clearly, uh, you know, they're, they're team first players. They're, 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 they're right up there for their guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. But, um, yes. man, Jackson Smith and Jig was a really good player. Um, the more you look into his reception perception, I think the more that you'll like. Uh, he, he is 
I know he's a mostly slot player, almost exclusively mm-hmm. a slot player in his reception perception sample, 82.8%. Um, but I think we can just talk about this right off the top. I don't understand why being a slot only player would be a knock on a, a guy that is this good, this productive and gets open at this level because James Cooper cup just won the damn triple crown two years ago. <laughs> right. That, he led the NFL correct. in catches yards and touchdown as a touchdowns as a slot only player. I'm on Ross St. Brown is one of the stars of the league right now as like a slot only player, you know, not, I mean, mostly a slot I played outside in two receiver sets, but he's a slot receiver. Um, and Justin Jefferson, like that was the biggest knock on him coming to the NFL, like long speed and slot only player. I guarantee to you, if you go and look at the neck, like the negatives in Jackson Smith and Jigba's draft reports, go pull those up and pull Justin Jefferson's next like draft reports side by side, put them up. I guarantee you they will look the exact same because this, he was criticized as a slot only player. Um, and he's obviously become one of the best receivers in the NFL. I'm not saying that right. Jackson Smith, the jig was that guy, but I'm saying that he like based on his reception perception, he shows the ability to beat man coverage and, and zone coverage at an extremely high rate from the slot. I just don't really think that, that being a slot player should be a negative for him at this point. He can clearly be a number one receiver and the number one receiver in this class as a slot guy. Um, okay. So we talk about this guy as potentially being in the slot. Does, in your opinion, does he, does he show traits of him being able to play outside at any level, even if it's off the line, maybe as a flanker or as an X? I think absolutely. Like, um, okay. If, so like I said, his zone coverage success rate is what you want to see from a slot player. You know, he, he's right. above like 81%. He, he's a really good uh, slot player, but his success rate versus man coverage is actually like from a relative standpoint is higher 75% success rate versus man. Um, Jackson Smith did jig, but now he only saw press on 4.8% of the routes sampled, which makes sense. College football. There's not a lot of press coverage, especially as an interior player. You're not going to see a lot of press coverage. So very small sample of routes, but did show 83.3% success rate. Again, that's really high because it's a small sample, but he showed that ability, I think. And he's so fluid. Um, being able to turn players around his best work is dig routes and out routes to me. Um, like being able to, again, to, to use that little deception from a vertical standpoint and be able to break those routes off. That's really impressive. He's obviously great on crossing routes to, to slide into zone coverage, to beat man coverage. I think he shows traits to work as an outside receiver. Like again, to bring back the Amon Ross St. Brown comparison, which I think will be a popular one for him. You know, mm-hmm. St. Brown is good enough to be on the field as a flanker in two receiver sets, but he's going to do his best work out of the slot. And I think that's like the minimum for Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I think based on what you see from a man coverage standpoint, he could be even greater than that. Like, again, I I do think the Justin Jefferson access like career path, again, not that high end, but I do think that is yeah. available for him. I do think that's available for him. All right. So JSN, 6'1", 196 pounds. I, I like the size of the guy, right? Like you're talking about a guy who primarily played in the slot. Um, and again, I asked that question as to whether or not he has traits to play outside. Cause I think with that size, he's going to be asked to play in those two wide receiver sets. He, he should be able to handle himself a bit, uh, on the outside. And, and by the way, Matt, we've seen this with other players too, right? Where they play primarily inside in college, uh, because their collegiate offensive coordinators or head coaches feel like that's the best place for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the collegiate level, but then when they get to the NFL, it switches up just a little bit. Um, but I think at that size, 6'1", 196, and he didn't have a bad 40. I think he ran somewhere in that four upper 4'4", four low 4'5", range, right? So 4'4", yeah. uh, between 4'4", four, four, and 4'5", at his pro day, yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, and, and again, conditions at your pro day are probably a little bit more ideal, whatever. But bottom line is, um, anything sub 4'5", I'm down with. Right. Like at six one one ninety six, I'm OK with that. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, he's a really intriguing uh, prospect because of his size and where he plays. If he's got slot skills at six one one ninety six, I mean, I don't know, Matt, like wouldn't it be even more fair to make comparisons between he and someone like Cooper Cup? Yeah, I think he could be like if he's placed in that role in the NFL, it's going to be like an ideal fit. By the way, Justin Jefferson, six one um, at the, at his combine, six one two oh two. So like their body types are relatively similar to uh, arm length is you know definitely more in Justin Jefferson's uh, favor. Wingspan right. in general is probably going to be a little bit more in his favor. But 
Um, JSN was great in the three cone. He was great in the broad jump, great in the 20 yard shuffle like or shuttle. That's going to be that. That was the areas where Cooper cup, by the way, shined as a prospect at the, at his combine. So yes. that change of direction, the ability to win in those short areas, Again, I just don't see why that would be a negative when we have these players like Cooper Cup dominating from the slot and being right. like the best receivers in the game. And I think J- Jackson Smith, the Jigbo, if he ends up being that type of player, would be a huge win. Yeah, Cooper Cup, 6'2", 194 uh, when he weighed in. I think that was at his pro day at Eastern Washington as well. Obviously, there's a speed differential. The guy ran a 4'6". Okay, so <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, uh, there, there is, there's a reason why Cooper Cup uh, went very late in drafts, and, and JSN is probably going to be a first-round pick, right? So um, there, there is a speed differential. But um, I don't know, man. Like I'm, Especially in today's NFL, as you mentioned, uh, 11 personnel uh, is running rampant. But even in these two wide receiver sets, it's not like this guy's like uh, – you know, like a, a miniature wide receiver, six, one, almost 200 pounds. Like, dude, right. come on now. I think he's actually bigger than Rashad Bateman. If I, if, if, if memory serves. Yeah. yeah. I actually think the best comparison for him. And this is a guy, by the way, I compared Rashad Bateman to, it's a guy uh, I compared Justin Jefferson to, I think it's Keenan Allen. I think the, mm. this axis of receivers is really, I think all, all kind of like these guys who could play in the slot could be like 50% slot players, but yeah. are some of, I mean, Bateman's not developed into this guy. I get that. But from a prospect standpoint, I compared him to Justin Jefferson, compared him to Keenan Allen, because these are guys who could beat man coverage at an extremely high rate. These are guys who are great route runners that if you wanted to play them in the slot, sure, pile up catches in the slot. You know, Keenan Allen's never been a beat you over the top guy, but he's been no one of the best receivers in the NFL, one of the most productive receivers in the NFL, you know, one of the best route runners period over the last 10 years. Um, I think that that would be a pretty similar path for, and that's what, that was what Justin Jefferson, I think has outkicked that in his career already, but same right. axis of receivers. And I think that Justin, or excuse me, Jackson Smith, the Jigba would fit into that group too. And I mean, this is, this is a guy that I think like any offense he'd fit any quarterback, mm-hmm. he'd be their best friend. Like there's no real like landing spot to me where I'd be like, I mean, yeah, obviously you want to be a better quarterback from like a fantasy perspective. I get that you want to be with a good quarterback, but like, I think he fits every offense. He fits every <laughs> right. team. He would make any receiving core better. Uh, by the way, I just looked this up. Rashad Bateman, also the exact same height, weight, six one one ninety six. Right. So, <laughs> um, this is not a, this is not a small guy, Jason. I know he's played primarily in the slot, but I, I don't know. I just feel like with his size and his skills, um, and, and playing primarily in the slot at Ohio state, like man, I love that comp with Keenan Allen. I love it, man. Um, and if he ends up being uh, a Keenan Allen type player, I mean, can we be honest here for a second? Like Keenan Allen is wildly under, has been wildly underrated in his career. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he played in San Diego and in LA as a charger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, And the chargers were not like a sexy high profile team, but dude, if Keenan Allen played like on the giants or something, or like one of these glamor franchises, he'd be an absolute star in the NFL. It's just that he played his entire career in a very good, great career, by the way, as a charger. Okay. <laughs> like, come on. You know, like I get it. You know, the Chargers is not one of the sexy franchises uh, in the NFL, but man, what a great player uh, he was uh, out of Cal. Okay. So uh, the number one player, uh, number one wide receiver, I should say on Daniel Jeremiah's board though. And we love DJ. We love Daniel Jeremiah. He's former got colleague, Jordan, former colleague. Former co- uh, hey, Hey, <laughs> you know, former colleague, baby. <laughs> I think hey, fair enough. DJ, I think we can call like a friend and colleague. No, he, he, wrote a testi- he wrote a testimonial for the reception yeah. perception website. No doubt. And uh, legitimately uh, DJ and I, Dan, Jeremiah and I, we shared a broadcast booth. Uh, we did one Thursday night football game on the alternate audio broadcast, the scouts feed broadcast oh, there you of go. Thursday night football. So no, DJ is great. And, uh, and he's truly like one of the nicest guys you will ever meet uh, is Daniel Jeremiah. But he's got Jordan Addison out of USC as his top wide receiver prospect. In um, speaking with you just a little bit, I, I know that one surprises you just a bit. Yeah, because he has him not really just as his number one receiver prospect. And for me, I think my number one receiver is Jackson Smith at Jigba, and it's like a tier of, of its own. I think. 
to me, there's no really competition there. There's a lot of competition for two, three, four, five, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the thing that surprised me about DJ was that he didn't just have him, I think, in his most recent uh, top 50, if not like one of the most recent ones, he had him like ninth overall in the class. And yeah. that was yeah. the surprising thing to me. It was not that he was the yeah. top receiver, because I can understand different strokes, different folks, especially at this position in this class. But to have him that high was a little surprising to me. Not that I dislike Jordan Addison's game, because um, I think Jordan Addison is a really good player. Um, I do. Di- I, we'll start with the positives with the with Jordan okay. Addison. Like he's a guy that um, played. He actually played a lot of slot at Pittsburgh uh, at Pitt when he was with Kenny Pickett before transferring to USC. He played more on the outside uh, as uh, as a Trojan, but I think probably still projects best as a flanker slot hybrid. He's another guy that's like. Not that fast, uh, 40 time, rail thin, uh, skinny receiver for sure. And I kind of think that shows up on tape. But from the from the positives, though, you know, 71.3% success rate versus man, 80% success rate versus zone. Those are pretty solid scores. Um, great success rate on slants, curls, digs, you know, just those over the middle, uh, in break, you know, in breaking, short and intermediate, uh, thump you with those routes over and over and over again. That's really where Jordan Addison shines. Uh, I think especially if you line him up off the line, if you line him up in the slot, he is going to get open. He's going to be really strong from a fundamental perspective on those routes. Those are um, some just crucial routes for him. Um, I think where you see the size show up, um, you know, he gets dropped on first contact on 60% of his in-space attempts. He's not really a guy that's going to break a ton of tackles. The biggest problem to me, though, uh, 51.1% success rate versus press on 21.8% of his routes. That's a pretty decent sample size for a college receiver, and it shows up a lot on vertical routes. Uh, Not a good success rate on straight-up nine routes. He really struggles to get over top of guys, especially on the outside. But I think that's a negative that you can kind of get around um, based on where you're going to line him up and what you're going to do with him as a pro player. I think to me overall, uh, another, co- if I could throw out a comparison for him, it would be, okay. and I ha- I, w- I have him in a similar range as, as, as where I ranked this guy last year is Jahan Dotson. Um, mm. you know, another guy that was really small, another guy that was going to struggle a little bit with press coverage. He's not the same, like unbelievable contested catch player that Jahan Dotson was for that size, but from a route running perspective, from a deployment perspective, I think he could be a Jahan Dotson type player. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Dotson that is just so weird and freaky about him is that catch radius. I mean, his catch radius is literally the entire field. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. Um, and, and so that part, I think, is what makes um, Dotson so interesting. Addison, I, I, I'm torn on Addison. I, I saw a lot of Addison. Uh, if you guys know me at all, you know, you guys know that I watch a lot of uh, West Coast football, right? So I, I've seen Addison play quite a bit. Um, and he gets absolutely smashes on the field, gets it done. Um, but I, I don't necessarily know if anything that he, what he does well, how do I put this? Okay. My thought is that he, what he does really well is his start stop ability. I think his ability, mm-hmm. ability to sink his hips and just decelerate on an absolute dime, forget zero to 60. Cause obviously he did not chart very well. Uh, zero to 60. It's the 60 to zero part though. Matt, that I think is like, whoa, okay, this guy can absolutely stop and turn. Um, and he's able to, again, really fluid out of the brakes, man, just sharp as a knife out of those brakes. That's what sticks out to me. But again, I think lack of athleticism, lack of size. Um, I, I was I was never like, oh my God, this guy's an absolute unstoppable monster. I, I don't necessarily know if I ever saw that. And, and I only bring that up because... Going back to DJ's rankings, when you see a wide receiver go in the top 10, he's got those wow Mm -hmm. moments, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. You know, I don't necessarily know if Jordan Addison had any of those type of like, oh my God, this guy is a freak athlete um, type of moments while at USC anyways. Again, I fully admit I didn't see a lot of his pit tape. Yeah, I've got him at like a 77% uh, contested catch rate, which is not quite Jahan Dotson-esque, but it's good. Um, I think that's going to kind of make a break. And it's funny, too. Like, we're just talking about Jahan Dotson's catch radius. Like, if yeah. you look at, like, his wingspan, it's like 22nd percentile, like 18th percentile arm length. <laughs> Another guy that's like, again, uh-huh. 178. Jordan Addison was 173. Like, Nothing about John Dotson's contested catch prowess makes nope. any sense. 
None. But ex- except that he got so much practice at it playing with Sean Clifford at Penn State <laughs> that he got used to winning contest <laughs> catches. And he's like, oh, Carson Wentz? No problem. That's light work for me. I can deal with that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that Jordan Addison, there's there's nothing really wow about him. And that's kind of right. why... I, I do. I've been meaning. I've just been so busy with my own stuff. I've been meaning to actually just hit DJ up about this. And be like, explain the ninth overall ranking of Jordan Addison mm. to me. Like I'm five. Uh, so I will uh-huh. do that at some point. But okay, because I, I don't think he he's he's not Chris Olave. He's not Garrett Wilson. Like these guys last year that were like, oh yeah, th- top ten picks, top top twelve picks for those guys. Mm-hmm. Slam dunk, baby. Like do it. I mean, I I would love it. But um, I think he's. That's why I bring the Jahan Dotson thing up because he got drafted 16th overall and people freaked out about it. But he's like a good NFL player, and I feel like Jordan Addison, uh, as long as like the you know the weight doesn't end up being a huge problem for him, I think he could be a really really good NFL player, like a really nice. I, again, I see him probably like Dotson. I see him probably being a, a more of a number two receiver long term. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, so uh, we talked about uh, the number one wide receiver on Daniel Jeremiah's board as being Jordan Addison. The number one wide receiver on Pro Football Focus's board is the kid out of TCU in Quentin Johnston. Uh, And again, I think that surprised some folks as well, but... This is a this guy's an old school throwback big boy X receiver man 64215 ran a 4440 42 inch vertical 11 foot broad jump I mean athletic freakazoid is Quentin Johnson and I think that has a big uh, big reason as to why PFF has them as him as their number one wide receiver on the board uh, but it's interesting, though, Matt. I know you probably don't necessarily agree with that. And also, Daniel Jeremiah's got him uh, teetering there at the end of the first round, potentially a second-round pick. Yeah, I think that's probably closer to the range I'm at with Quinton Johnston. Um, I think he does – he's he's a limited route runner from, like, a exposure standpoint. Um, almost 69% of his routes were either a screen, slant, curl, or nine route. I mean, that is very uh, small – handful of routes it's not going to be a ton of like not a ton of advanced stuff with him definitely like a elementary rudimentary route tree and by the way i am still very scarred from big 12 receivers from like (laughs) the 2016 (laughs) class like okay josh doxton was really good in reception perception that 2016 class and it was always just like is josh doxton really good or is the Big 12 just not playing defense? Corey Coleman. <laughs> is right. Corey Coleman good or does nobody in this conference play defense? And it really hasn't changed very much, by the way. Like, I mean, Sterling yeah. Shepard's like the best receiver maybe to come out of the Big 12 recently. I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's worth it's worth noting that when we're talking about this guy, just because his success rate versus man is pretty good. I mean, 74.7% success rate versus man, very good. Um, but 74.6% success rate versus zone. Not as good. 69% success rate versus press. That's fine, but it's not great. So, like, yeah. I think he shows ability. But, by the way, look, those routes that he runs, the curl route success rate, not very good. But um, slants, goes, posts, 
unbelievably high success rate corner routes when you limited see them high success rate um so he's he can definitely burn he could definitely beat you on crossing routes from a route running perspective i think there is something to work with here um the two things that i think i struggle with the most james is that he's a good after catch player um i'm not sure that that's going to translate as great as it like his missed tackle data is going to be nuts he was brought down on first contact on like 46 percent of his in space attempts in reception perception it's it's good stuff i know other outlets are going to have him even higher from a yak perspective but you know he runs into contact a lot you know how you Hmm. kind of like like we kind of bitch at running backs for you know seeking contact or quarterbacks especially that like seek contact he kind of does that as a receiver when sometimes i'm like just get up field like just 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 go you can outrun all these guys you don't have to take them on from a contact perspective but that's nitpicky the biggest problem james is that the ball skills are really weird. I mean, he's a body catcher. Mm, we talk okay. about that vertical jump, and he has a 96th percentile wingspan. He just lets everything get into He'll leap up and then still body catch that ball. Like oh, yeah. He will, he's stra- he will just he does not extend enough. He does it occasionally, so I don't know if that's like a you can coach that out of him or if it's a habit thing that's going to be tough to break, but I think that's probably the thing that's that's going to really help unlock his ceiling. Isn't that, that's basically Mike Williams, is it not? Like Mike Williams is a jump ball body catcher, if that makes any sense. Like he doesn't like high point too many footballs. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and Mike Williams has just been great at boxing guys out. I think he's gotten a little bit better at it the longer his career has gone on, which again, makes you wonder with Quentin Johnston, it, can he be that guy? But man, I mean, that's actually not a bad player comparison, but, but Quentin Johnston is definitely more, twitched up and more explosive than Mike Williams is. Yeah. And listen, man, again, we talk about, uh, you know, did he have any plays that just made you say, wow, Quentin Johnson's got a lot of those. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of those plays, but that being said, back to your big 12 point. Um, and I think anyone who, who watches big 12 football would agree. It's just a wide open style of football, uh, for the most part there. Uh, in that conference, you know, and I don't think, look, man, Sonny Dykes and T. look, they're not running anything complicated. Okay. It's the most vanilla ass offense you're ever going to see. Yeah. Um, and they asked Quentin Johnson, um, and, and Matt, you've seen a lot of this now with, with Quentin Johnson going through this tape, but it's like they're, they're the route concepts are super basic. There's nothing complicated. There's not a ton of movement, uh, pre-snap and they just tell Quentin Johnson to go up and get it. Um, I think the quarterback play actually at TCU was pretty good this year, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought, uh, I can't remember the quarterback's name right Max now. Max Duggan. Uh, Max Duggan uh, did a great job reading defenses and throwing to open guys, you know, um, but I didn't think the I don't think the offensive concepts were complicated at all. Too. It was a lot of a lot of underneath and vertical type stuff. Uh, Quentin Johnson I thought did an awesome job doing that kind of Mike Williams impersonation, man, like going up, bodying guys, uh, and just playing big boy football uh, over the top. But he's also doing that against these like five ten DBs, right? So when that happens at the NFL, is he going to be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know, Matt, what are your thoughts kind of like in that contested catch area? You think he's going to be able to kind of, again, beat DBs over the top? Because as you pointed out, does a lot of body catching, man. Yeah. 44.4% contested catch rate for me. Um, you know, high drop rate as well. I, the ball skills are definitely a question. Um, I honestly, I, I think he's pretty comparable to like Christian Watson last year. And obviously Christian okay. Watson ended up having a really, efficient rookie year uh we talked about him on this show is like it's not a lot of complicated routes it's slants it's crossers um it's it's go routes it's deep overs but i think in the right environment you could have quinton johnston do a lot of that stuff too like what i was said about christian watson the stuff that impressed me the most with him was not as a vertical player it was actually as like after catch get him out in space type and i think quinton johnston is more impressive in space than he is necessarily in the vertical game. Although he's going to have those flashes just like Christian Watson. Like they're all on the Martavis Bryant axis of receivers. These type of guys that are (laughs) a little mistake prone, um, but show you some freaky ability with a little bit and with more route nuance out of these guys, they would be great. That's always tough. It's tough to project. It was sure as hell tough to project Christian, Christian Watson from North Dakota state to the NFL. It's tough to project Quentin Johnston from this 
Sonny Dykes offense, TCU offense to the damn NFL. And Christian Watson, like I know he dealt with injuries, but he struggled to get going at first. It was in the back half of the year that he was really awesome. And um, even still, I think he's got stuff to work on in his game. But yeah, Quinton Johnson, I think to me, he's going to be like he's going to be he's going to be in that when I rank the classes together, he'll be right around a similar range with like Christian Watson. But I think maybe a little bit, um, you know, maybe a little bit better. I, I, let me ask you this, James: Would you rather yeah. don't think don't think about what they were in the NFL? Think about okay. his prospects. Better prospect. Traylon Burks or Quinton Johnston? Um, ooh, that's an interest. That's a good one. Um, you know, I'm gonna go Johnston because he's just way, just again, I, the game tape maybe doesn't show it, uh, but I thought he was just. I mean, obviously, he tested as a much freakier athlete. I mean, this is a rare athletic combination we got here with Quentin Johnston, man, size and speed. I agree with you. I, th- I think I liked Burks's ability more as like a, a big slot and like reliable player, but you know, the Titans are having him play X receiver. So I'm yeah. probably lower on Bur- I was lower on Burks in consensus last year and I'm probably lower yeah, on really consent. Were. Yeah. I- I'm definitely probably lower, but I still think he's a slightly better prospect maybe than, than Quinton Johnston, but yeah, all like the similar range of these guys, like George Pickens last year, similar, um, X receiver type, but yeah, to, I think yeah. Mark Davis, Bryant, Christian Watson, Quinton Johnson, all the same bucket of receivers. Um, and yeah, just, just based on the reception perception data, he's, he's one that's worth, uh, subscribing and checking out the full profile. Cause the success rates are, are interesting, right? Like I said, that 74.7% success rate versus man is really promising. But when you break it down route by route, it is much like Christian Watson, it's it's uh, on a smaller handful of routes. Okay, so uh, I, I, just with his size and speed, and so I can't see him getting past like pick sixteen. Pittsburgh is probably going to be looking, I think, at, at a player like this, right? Uh, I think Pittsburgh. Oh, I feel Pittsburgh like Pittsburgh. Picks, do, yeah, Pittsburgh does not need any more receivers. I mean, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like um, maybe. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they want to load up. Well, there's on, Washington is 16. Pittsburgh is 17. But yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, I, I think I think Detroit. Uh, DJ Chark leaves. You know, um, I can't, look just with the size and speed and that athletic profile. I, I find it very difficult to believe that he's going to get outside of the middle picks there. Um, I mean, there are teams that don't obviously need particularly need him, but like, let's say Tampa Bay at like 19 and they want to develop a guy, you know, um, they don't need that pick. Uh, but then again, at the same time, they also have an aging group of wide receivers, right? So, uh, if they feel like Johnston is, is somebody that they could develop that that's a, uh, a good pick for them there at 19. Uh, but then if you get to the bottom of the first round, then it starts getting really, really interesting. Um, I know Jacksonville has Calvin Ridley there and they've got Christian Kirk, but boy, I tell you, throw in a guy like, like Johnston into that mix, really load up, uh, and let Trevor Lawrence cook. I think the giants have a cool, I mean, oh my God, do they have a need? Uh, for a yeah, player like this a thousand slot outside. receiver offense, the all slot yes. offense they've got going on in New York right now. And all of them injury prone <laughs> like, slot injury prone guys. Yes. Yeah, sign, sign me up New York. Um, but I mean, even Buffalo wouldn't, wouldn't you love to see the, somebody like this uh, opposite of Stefan Diggs in Buffalo? Yeah. And I mean, I think he could like take the job from Gabe Davis mid season. Like you wouldn't have yep. to throw him out there week one. Um, exactly. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Cause I mean, that's, he basically just, again, give you a more explosive version of what you already have in Gabe Davis. Um, so maybe it's a little redundant. I, I think they could, they could probably use somebody who separates a little more. And I know the yeah. chargers definitely could use more of a separator, but like size and speed would be a welcome, especially speed and vertical speed. ability oh, would God, be a welcome speed. addition to their receiver core at 21. And I kind of think they have to earmark, um, you know, receiver at that pick potentially like the chargers. <laughs> I don't know why the chargers still are like, yeah, let's try to add some defensive players. Like you're never stopping Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. You have to st- outscore Patrick Mahomes in your own division for the next 10 years. Can yeah. you maybe, maybe, maybe prioritize like the third receiver position? That would be nice. I wonder too. I don't know what running backs would be available, but it's a pretty deep running back class. I wonder if the chargers will look at running back there with the, uh, the, the newfound drama, uh, with Austin Eckler. I, I just, I wonder uh, if that is yeah. a position that they'll be looking at there. Um, anyways, Quentin Johnson, uh, I think can go in a lot of different spots. Uh, he's a player that is 
Uh, got some, uh, again, some questionable skills, but the measurables are off the charts. I, I just, how do these teams measure that? I don't know. We're going to find out. I think this is a, a player that, uh, I mean, PFS has projected as a top 10 pick. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him almost outside of the first round. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's pretty wide variance there. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Um, I think Zay Flowers, though, out of Boston College. I, I feel like most everybody feels really good about what Zay Flowers is as a player uh, and as a prospect. What are your thoughts on this kid out of Boston College, though? I think Zay Flowers could be easily the number two receiver in this draft class. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, um, he's another guy, like, kind of was – Played all over the place at uh, Boston College. By the way, another guy with just oh, disastrous quarterback play at Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> this guy does not like. I mean, I mean, you 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 watch Zay Flowers all twenty two. You're gonna see a lot of him upset at his at it, like flailing his arms wide open down the field and just the quarterback never seeing it, never getting it close. Um, this is a guy who does know how to get open though. And I mean, we're talking about getting open at all three levels. Um, right. The guy that, you know, he can win deep, he can win short. He's going to be, you go, you go to reception perception, you subscribe, you see the success rates. You're going to be really impressed with, uh, with Zay flowers. I won't spoil it too much. We just give you a little preview here, but like, yeah, he's go. a guy that's over 70% success rate versus man over 70% success rate versus press while still being like a smaller player. And I think that's really interesting about him. And, you know, 50, uh, about, about, like I said, 50, 50 in terms of slot and, or in terms of flanker, he played some X receiver. He played in the slot. I mean, he played all over the place, does have some concentration drops for sure. Um, hmm, uh, okay. but he wins, he'll win some big time contested catches. Um, I'm not sure how much his yak ability will uh, translate to the NFL, but he did go down on just 58.6% of his in-space attempts on first contact. So that's going to be a selling point for him. He, he just feels like a guy that's going to be a really good uh, NFL player for a really long time. Agreed. And, um, I have a player comparison for him that I think really checks all the boxes that I just said. Mm. Uh, would you Would you like to hear it? I would. Are you kidding me? I'd love to hear What What do we got? Well, I think the the Zay the Zay I almost said Zay Jones um, Zay Flowers <laughs> uh, the Zay Flowers you know measurables I think are the biggest thing like um, five nine and a quarter one hundred eighty two pounds people yeah. are like is he a slot only guy you know Deontay Johnson five ten and a half and one hundred eighty three pounds similar size eighteenth um, mm. percentile arm length for Deontay Johnson um, you know second percentile arm length for Zay Flowers. I kind of feel like those guys are similar. Can win on the outside, can win if you – I mean, Deontay has always been an outside receiver, but I think if you stuck him in the slot, he, he might be an even better player than he is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, can beat man coverage, can beat zone coverage, has concentration drops. Uh, I believe we know Deontay Johnson has concentration drops. <laughs> we, we do. We so do. I, I kind of think like, you know, there are definitely – there are some people that will go all the way and like do the A-B comparison for – um for uh, for Zay Flowers, I'm not going to do that because I think that should be illegal. It should be a um, uh, 30 day minimum in jail <laughs> if you do the Antonio Brown comparison. But wow. I mean, Deontay has okay. basically been like their replacement for AB and obviously a, a much lesser player. But I, I kind of think yeah. that one fits for uh, Zay Flowers. Yeah, um, explosiveness I think is um, short area burst. I thought was something that really popped out uh, on Zay Flowers when I watched him play just a little bit. Right, we're talking five nine, one eighty two, uh, compact frame. Right, so little guy, uh, but he packs on muscle. Uh, I don't know. He he plays muscular anyways. I think he plays pretty yep. muscular. Um, I thought he played pretty tough. Uh, a four four two forty, which is really good. Um, again, uh, low four fours, uh, at that size is, is pretty darn good. Uh, but it's the vertical jump and the broad jump to me that I thought really kind of stuck out too. a 10, seven broad, uh, and a 35 and a half inch vert. Um, again, it, it's not the 35 and a half is not amazing, but it's good enough. And the 10, seven to me, I think at that size, uh, I thought was really good. Uh, and I thought again, short area burst. I think when you watch him play, that really pops too, mm -hmm. right? So um, for me, I, I don't know. This is a – you say he's you know potentially the number two wide receiver here. Um, 
in this draft class. PFF has him ranked there at number two. Daniel Jeremiah's got him in there somewhere in that, um, you know, end of the first round, mid to end of the first round um, as well at 24 overall. Not to 24, but just 24 overall, which is good. Um, just right behind Jackson Smith and Jigba, just to kind of give you an idea of how high he is on Zay Flowers as well. So I think pretty much everyone feels like this is a really, you talk about just a professional wide receiver. That's what I see, man. Like Mm -hmm. I see a guy that's like a 10 year pro in the NFL. I don't know how many pro bowls he's going to make, but I see a guy that's got a place in this NFL for a long time. And, you know, these teams that are in the back half of the first round um, that could maybe use a flanker or a, like a slot type Buffalo, Kansas City, um, we talked to Chargers. I think they could yeah. use a guy like this. Zay Flowers is so interesting because he had to be a vertical player so much in Boston College. And, you know, just again, the quarterback play was not really there, but he definitely I mean, he gets open down the field, but his stuff on curls, his stuff on comebacks is is, is all right, too. I mean, he's he's really, I think, a complete um, a complete route runner. And, and mm-hmm. it, it, the size is obviously not ideal. But if you're right. going to play him in the slot, you're going to play him in the flanker I, position. I think you can get by with this dude is that type of guy. So, yeah, he's he's going to be another one very similar to like him and Jordan Addison I've gone back and forth on when I publish the rankings on the site I'll I'll have finally figured it out but they're going to be right there in that same like they'll they'll be right there in terms of like the overall rankings the last three years 11 and 13 you know just behind Jahan Dotson maybe ahead of Traylon Burks like that's kind of where I feel about them um as like first round guys late first round guys that's probably where I think they should go all right. Um, our, our former colleague, uh, or I guess, I don't know, where, where does Sean Sullivan work nowadays? I, I'm sure he'll be excited about this next topic. A kid out of Tennessee. Yeah. He's a big old Tennessee uh, honk is uh, our guy, Sean Sullivan, who I think just recently got married. Am I, am I right in saying Got that? engaged. Yeah, he, he oh, got engaged. Go. His wedding is in November. He'll be, uh, I'll be coming back to LA for the first time. <laughs> Probably. I think the first time that's, you know what, that is right. I just remembered that his wedding was in November and thinking to myself of all the freaking people that are planning their wedding out there around like sporting seasons. How is Sean Sullivan of all? Well, I think people, him and his, uh, how is he going to get married in the middle of the college football season? What in the world? Oh yeah. Well, I know Sully, uh, or Amanda's probably not listening to this, neither listen to this, but shout out to both of them. They're great. They're great people. Good friends of both my wife and I. But, um, I think now because he's working in soccer, you know, not, uh, not (laughs) football anymore (laughs) since he left to go to Fox sports. Like now he's, now he's got a plan around, you know, friggin' soccer as opposed to the college football. So I'm interested to see how we get a volunteers game during the ceremony. That's not what I'll say. (laughs) Uh, Jalen Hyatt um, is a young prospect out of Tennessee. Uh, Matt, what did you see in Hyatt's game? Yeah, (laughs) this is a weird one, bro. Um, (laughs) Okay. I've never seen a guy line up in stack formation so often. Uh, If you don't know what that means, it's like we're talking about he's like literally right behind the other guy. Uh, Yeah. Like, it's just weird stuff. So you, you're not going to see that in the NFL very often because the hash marks are different. Like we don't talk about this enough. The fields are literally different in the NFL and college football. Like the hash marks are bigger in college. It's just, it's a different game. And sometimes you could exploit that schematically Tennessee's offensive. I mean, that is like the most fake news. Mickey mouse out offense of all time is whatever Tennessee wow. was doing last year. But, um, <laughs> wow. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> he is like, I, I just, it's a weird, it's a weird profile. Um, he's definitely, a, a like t- forget the 40 speed. His on field yeah. speed is like legit. I mean, he, he can yeah, rip he the, he can fly and defenses play him like they are scared to, they're going to piss their pants about, you know, getting beat over the top by Jalen Hyatt. And I mean, he, he catches some like touchdowns that he is just wide ass open. Um, and, and, and some of that is, Again, the scheme, some of that is busted coverages. Um, I'm going to pull this up while I'm talking, uh, but I had a conversation about this with um, Dwayne McFarland, who, you know, works for Fantasy Life. He's worked Mm -hmm. for PFF. I mean, in terms of like production out of stack formation, um, I'm I'm trying to find out while I'm talking, but it was like 
absolutely insane in terms of what this guy did uh, in stack formation, the actual production there. I, I'm not, maybe I won't be able to find it, but regardless, the point, point being, it was just the production was, was crazy uh, from this stack formation stuff and, and the entire thing. So wild stuff. Um, but the thing that I think is most important with Jalen Hyatt from like a route perspective, um, you know, he's going to be towards the bottom in success rate versus man uh, or no success rate versus zone success rate versus press that route running ability is not there yet. He's does he's 68% success rate versus man, which is not bad, but it's not like towards the top of the class, but his actual route chart, it's mostly like flat routes and nine routes. That's what he's getting open on post hmm. routes. Eh, yeah. Very limited route chart. He does show some ability, 73% success rate on the curl. You know, it's not, again, it's not great. It's kind of like average, maybe yeah. slightly below average, but that's probably his best ability is to, inconsistently throttle down and get back to the quarterback. But mostly, yeah, he just flies on nine routes and he, he's just a limited application player. I think right now. Interesting. Uh, 2022 Bolitnikoff award winner, uh, had a lot of big plays, uh, obviously over the top vertical threat for sure. Uh, at Tennessee, I don't, I don't know what to make of his size and speed though. I'm, I'm very torn on this, right? Like, when you're six feet, 175 pounds, um, can you play as a deep vertical player in the NFL? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, a, and again, this guy is projected to be a day two pick, right? Like a, a round two or three pick. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I, I mean, the NFL is different nowadays, but can this guy play? Um, I, I, I don't even want to say X cause I think he's a little too light in the britches for no, it, but nope, can he be, nope, nope. Can, can he be a flanker and just be an over the top deep threat? Well, uh, yeah. In reception perception, 89% slot rate. Um, and then, uh, the I finally found the stat I was looking for Dwayne, uh, said that 700 yards and nine touchdowns came off targets in stack or with motion last year for wow. Jalen Hyatt. And I think that's really the kind of player he's going to have to be in the NFL, that's definitely pretty gadgety um and yeah, not like like kind gadgety, of yeah not mccall Har- like i don't want to say mccall hardman because mccall hardman's like not a real receiver and but like that's the type of way he's going to stretch the field out horizontally not in like a Kadarius tony way where he's going to be freaky after the catch and big after the catch and that stuff not really uh going to do it that way but he can make plays in the open field because he's so fast and um i've seen uh my buddy josh norris compare him to like ted ginn um, okay. You know, Ted Ginn. Yeah, that's a good one. And look, like people can crap all over Ted Ginn all they want because he was like a ninth pick, ninth overall pick in the draft. But yeah, he had a long career and was yeah he did yeah he did was <laughs> and he had I, I don't think Jalen Hyatt has like the hands problem that like a Ted Ginn did where like you know he'd get wide ass open down the field and drop oh a God. ball with nobody near him. Jalen Hyatt, best. I think. By the way, that was the best. I I used to love that game of, of Ted Ginn. With like, especially in like those Cam Newton days, with like you're like, all right, now when he was like the number one receiver the year they went to the Super Bowl or whatever, yeah, 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 and he's (laughs) wide open downfield, and Cam's just dropping in like an airship bomb, right? It's coming in from the heavens, and you're like, you have a good two seconds to like be like, is he gonna catch this ball? It it felt like two seconds. You know, it like, was a, is a he gonna 50 catch this 50 ball, ball in, in, in not the normal sense. You think of a 50 50 ball like Des Bryant throw it up at the corner of the end zone. That's a 50 50 ball with Des Bryant. Like that was a 50 50 no. ball with nobody within 10 nope. yards of him. No, not a soul, not a soul <laughs> within 10 yards of him. Is he going to that? That was the most one of the most exciting plays in football because you literally had no idea <laughs> whether Ted Ginn was going to catch a wide open bomb for touchdown. You had no clue. I loved it. It was, it was so stressful. I mean, if you're a Panthers fan, that hasn't been so stressful. But just uh, throughout his entire career, I I just love that about Ted Ginn. I know that's so random, but just wide open. If he catches it at six, if he drops it, the entire like bar or newsroom or wherever you're watching it groans in frustration. It's the best. I love it. Yeah. M- again, maybe you and I have different definitions of the best. But- <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> Re- regardless, um, <laughs> I I great. think overall, um, yeah, I, I think I think he he's just again a limited application player. Um, but yeah. I do think do think you're you're looking at a guy like that's got a better ball tracking ability than um, than Ted Ginn. You know, 
uh, Ted Ginn, I think, 0% drop rate for Jalen Hyatt in the, in the games uh, I've charted for him. I think he could track that deep ball well. He can go get in the right spot. He could bring it in. And, he, I mean, he can, like I said, he can get wide open. Uh, just crazy um, speed down the field. I think maybe in a best-case scenario, you're maybe looking at a guy like Will Fuller, um, mm. which if you look at Will Fuller's 2016 reception perception, um, 74.7% success rate versus man. This is the year he came in the draft. 64.7% success rate versus man, 76.7 success rate versus zone, 42.4% success rate versus press. If you're looking at Jalen Hyatt, you're looking at a guy that's 68% success rate versus man, 70% success rate versus zone, and 53.8% success rate versus press. So again, all both those guys not really that super exciting all the way around. And it took like Will Fuller till you know, year forever in a PED suspension to become like a complete receiver. Um, maybe that could be Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> wow. What a description of his career. Unbelievable. There you go. Um, the, 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 the great, uh, Lance Zierlein who, uh, writes for NFL.com. Uh, and just, I mean, you talk about a workhorse. Oh my God. He writes what? 350 plus profiles, um, every single year. Un- unreal. Uh, the amount of game tape this guy watches, Okay, I say that as the precursor to his NFL comp was Deshaun Jackson, and I hate it. <laughs> and I absolutely hate it uh, because, again, I know Deshaun Jackson was this undersized. I think he was like, I don't know, he, he was about 175 pounds too. So, you know, the, the size and speed is like, okay, I get it. But Deshaun, first of all, ran like legit 4-3 speed. And the one thing about Deshaun Jackson that I think gets lost in his career is like how unbelievably good his hands were downfield. Like, I mean, Hall of Fame level ball tracking and ability to haul it in uh, from deep downfield. So that part of it, uh, I feel like is underrated. Like everyone's like, oh, he's just fast. Nah, dude. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. nah. His hand-eye coordination was unreal. Uh, And yeah, he was fast, don't get me wrong. But even in his later years where you're like, all right, he's lost some speed, still just unbelievable downfield. Uh, And that was not just because he was fast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyways, uh, the great Lance Zierlein, who I love and respect, uh, made that comp. And I'm like, nah, dude, come on, man. That that's, that's That's not what it is. Come on, dude. You know, because Deshaun Jackson is like just off of the Hall of Fame track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's but just like off. a one of one. He's like a one of one player. Agreed. I, think, really. I totally agree. I totally agree. We may never see a guy uh, that small be a legitimate like downfield X receiver ever again. You know what I mean? Like Again, that's why I ask, like, you know, the guy's 175 pounds is Jalen Hyatt. Like, can this guy play X? I, you know, I don't know. He's got the speed. Uh, a four four speed, forty inch vertical, so he, he's got some short area burst for sure. Eleven point three, eleven foot three inch broad jump. I mean, crazy, crazy short area burst. Uh, is does J- Jalen Hyatt have? But um, the one thing I saw about Jalen Hyatt, I watched an uh, irrational amount of Tennessee games because uh, uh, my colleague uh, uh, Dan Helley is a, a, a big time Vol fan, um, but. And they beat Alabama, so it's great. But uh, Jalen Hyatt seems to, to round off a lot of his routes. Am I, am I right in seeing that? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's just he's just so uh, rudimentary as like a route runner. I think, really, I mean, it just it's it's a it, it's it, it's just a complicated transition for sure. He is not there, like from a tight technical perspective. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, He's he's got some work to do. Uh, like coming, even the routes I like, like the curl route. Like I said, sometimes he can round that thing off. It's got to be sharper. It's got to be faster. It's just there's just so much space to work with in this offense. That's why, like right. honestly, scouting a guy like Hendon Hooker, who I know has gotten some. We're not talking about this, but he's gotten like some first, you know, round buzz and stuff. God, that's going to be tough, you know, and, and translating that from this offense. Um, so it's just he's a guy that I think you're going to ask him to be hopefully your three. You're going to ask him to he's going to you're going to take him the second round, hopefully. Although, I mean, there are teams in the first round that like, you know, the Chargers need speed, bro. Like, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't. There's a lot of guys I would take ahead of him in that yeah. in that situation, but there are definitely teams at the end of the first round that like, you know, could use receivers, could use guys with pop. And and I, I get it, but like, yeah, I, I think he's more of a second round pick. He's more of like a, a speed slot flanker type that, it, that you're going to ask. That's going to, that's going to 
fans could really love him because he could make some big plays and like make some huge moments. But I don't know that he's going to be like a high volume receiver. Yeah, he's going to make some splash plays over the top. He's certainly got the speed to do that. Um, and again, if he gets in the right system with the right quarterback, uh, yeah, he, he'll make some splash plays. You know, he'll make some splash plays. But uh, anytime we're talking about these non-elite wide receivers, I, I think scheme fit and quarterback fit is just so important to their success. You know, and you can say that about any football player who's not just a transcendent talent. You know what I mean? Uh, but certainly I think Jalen Hyatt fits into that group. And just like how I don't know, I mean, look, I don't know any of these dudes, but like you know, how much are you going to work at it? How much are you going to work to improve like the areas oh, of your yeah. game that need it? Because oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, that's things with guys like you know coming to the league that that don't work at it, like they never get any better and they outright bust. Like I think if I don't know Jalen Hyde at all, so I'm just, it's just but like if he doesn't work at his game, he doesn't improve like the flaws that we're talking about here. He could just be like an outright bust that you never hear from again. But um, I think I think because of that speed he could have like a Ted Ginn type of floor, which it sounds crazy to say like Ted Ginn floor, but you know, like the, the, the long career where you pop up every now and again and make yeah, some yeah. big plays like that could be, that could be Jalen Hyatt. Even, even if he doesn't really improve a ton on the thing, on the areas that he is weaker. I mean, it's true though. When you bring up guys like Ted Ginn or like, even like Devonte Parker, it's like these guys, I, the, you know, people say they quote unquote suck, but like, at the end of the day, Matt, they've played in the NFL for a long time. They've made some decent coin, man. Like that's not, I don't think if you, if you player comp somebody to somebody like that, like who has played in the NFL six, seven, eight, ten years, that's come on. Like that's not a bad, that's not, that's not doing a disservice to that player. You know, I think that's Ted actually Ginn played pretty 14 decent. Year, Ted Ginn played 14 years. And again, he had like world-class speed. He never topped 800 yards. Um, he had, but he had three straight years from Carolina in 2015, uh, to new Orleans in 2017 with like 700 yards, um, was winning was winning downfield. Um, yeah. And I mean, it like, that was obviously deeper into his career. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that, that stretch from like Carolina 2013 to new Orleans was, was kind of probably his best years. And that was in yeah. year that, but, but by the way, that was year, you know, age 28 to, uh, 33, 32 year old season. So it took a I long mean, again, time. <laughs> it took a while, man. It took a while. Plus he had to, you know, he, he found the right spot at the right time, playing with the right quarterback, playing at the right time. Right. So it's just kind of like all those things had to like lock in uh, for us to kind of see uh, a highly productive. I don't even want to say highly productive, but a productive player in Ted Ginn. So again, yeah. I think sometimes fans need to take a little bit of a step back and kind of like look at a guy's career objectively and say, if a guy played in the NFL for 14 years, just in a vacuum, you say, Hey, this player played in the NFL for 14 years. That's, that's a dub. That's a W man. Like that's a win. Is it not? Like you would be like, yeah, that guy, totally. that, that's, that's a good, that's a good career. That right. That and again, Ted Ginn was like the ninth overall pick in the year, the year he was drafted. Right. We're talking about Jalen Hyatt, hopefully being like a, a a second round, a pick, second I think round. Is pick, yeah. If he was a second round pick and he had Ted Ginn's career, that would be like that's a win. That's a win. That's um, total win. But yeah, I mean, again, it, it depends on. I could see because Lance, by the way, he has him at, like we talk about Lance Yellen. He has him as his top ranked receiver. You know, he says there's no wide receiver at one in this draft class. Like there's no number one receiver. Which that's again, that's fine if you just really value the speed and the downfield ability. Um, and the, the floor that that brings, I guess that's fine. I mean, I just, it, it's not for me, but I'm not going to totally bash Lance for that. Um, yeah. cause just different strokes, different folks at this position. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, but, but so he could get steamed up and be drafted way higher than I think. I think he's going to be, I'm going to feel one way or another on Jalen Hyatt based on like where he goes. But if he's a second round pick and he's a vertical weapon, I think that's totally fine for his career. Yeah. But it just, there's just a lot of like, it's tough to translate that's t that tape. It's tough to translate from that offense. Um, and there's some things that are going to be, um, yeah, like I know there's going to be people who post the route chart on Twitter and like, LOL, Jalen Hyatt, but you know, <laughs> there's a little more nuance. To it now, so. There you go. Um, all right. So, uh, that's it for our, our look at some of the top prospects at the wide receiver position. Don't worry, Matt's not done. Uh, you know, he, he's got NFL guys that he's got to get charted up and, and, and do all those things. And he's an absolute football freak. So he's probably, even if he's not going to do write-ups on some other college prospects, I'm sure he will take a look. At damn near everybody that's yeah, coming yeah. up. The, the guys that are uh, on the site right now yeah. are the first group that will go up. 
Um, There will also either be maybe some more profiles, full profiles based on uh, the film that I get. And uh, if not that last year, I did uh, the rookie, like the the prospect roundup on guys like, yeah, three game sample, but like not a full profile because it's not it's just not the same amount of data. But that like I had guys like Kyle Phillips in there. I had Khalil Shakir in there. I even had Christian Watson in that one because there wasn't a lot of film on him. So, um, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot more prospect data coming to receptionperception.com in addition to what, what went up today for sure. So, again, go check out the website, receptionperception.com. If it is your first time listening to our program, we welcome you. But we would love it uh, if you could support the show with a like and subscribe as well. But the most important thing, man, like we just got Matt's got awesome data uh, on these prospects. He's got awesome data on these NFL uh, players as well. Uh, His best fits. Where do they you know, where do they need to improve? where, Where are their areas of strength? So much great data. We lay, uh, you know, we lay it out in, in a really easy to read graphic form. Um, but if you love numbers, man, hey, listen, we've got an interactive, you know, database as well uh, for some of our subscribers too. So go check out the website receptionperception.com. All right, spent a little bit longer than I thought we were talking about these prospects, but you know what? That always happens. I think when Matt and I talk a little ball, talk a little <laughs> prospects, man, especially the unknown. Uh, of these prospects, I think is what is so interesting. All right. So there you go. That's the show for Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. We'll see you.